Alright, we're in 1 John, chapter 4. That's where we left off here, at the very beginning of chapter 4. Starting from verse 1, let's read the, the perfect, inerrant Word of God. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confess, confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that your spirit guides us, illuminates the truth, that your spirit continually highlights uh, the error that is so prevalent in the world today, that we see the red flags and that we, we call out and expose the false teachings and that we cling to the truth. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, the imputation of that atonement through your spirit. We thank you for the guiding, the illuminating truth of your word. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so with this timeless principle here, uh, as we, we go through, we're going to look at four, we're going to break this down into four sections here. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at the, the true spirit, we're going to look at the true confession, the true hope, and then the true contrast. So we'll start by the true spirit. Uh, he says here in the very beginning, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For, for many false spirits have gone out into the world. So John here, right off the bat, he's highlighting this urgency to test and to expose false prophets who seek to lead people astray. This loving caution here that he gives us. And do not be deceived by every spirit that presents itself as godly. As Peter says in 1 Peter, the enemy prowls like a roaring lion seeking to devour. Seeking to devour unsuspected souls. We must exercise this caution and exercise this discernment in order to to protect ourselves and to protect others. The apostle here with his his tender address, he uses it all the time. I've been highlighting it as we've gone through this uh, this letter here of 1 John. It says, Beloved, that heartfelt reminder of the love that, that binds us together as a community of believers. 
for motivating us to, to guard one another against the, the deceptions of, of false teachings that can arise. So we see this calling here to, to guard, to guard ourselves, to guard our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's reality, we, we cannot fall asleep in this. We cannot become ignorant of the fact that false prophets have gone out unto the world. They are here. They masquerade a, a message of light, but their hearts are filled with darkness, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians. These charlatans, they sow seeds of, of discord, uh, perverting the gospel of Christ. Paul in Galatians calls these people out. He says, let them be accursed. They're like wolves in sheep's clothing. Seek to prey upon the vulnerable, leading them away from the truth. Therefore, in this calling, in this, this highlighting here that John gives us in these first two verses, the question I'll pose right from the, back, right from the beginning here this morning is, is who's, who is it that will stand? Who will be vigilant? Who will be watchful? in a time where there's many false prophets. It says many. That's, that's, that word many there is only attributed to false prophets. Highlighting that there's more false prophets than there are true teachers of the word. Jonathan Owen, John Owen once said, he said, we should be cautious in our reception of doctrine, not giving heed to every spirit, but proving the spirits whether they are of God or not. It's calling. It's calling to, to sift teaching through the infallible word. So in this vast, we live in a very, very vast spiritual landscape today. Uh, false prophets in abound. Uh, they, they weave their, their cunning lies. They distort the truth of God's word and they lead many astray. And their words may sound appealing surface level, but their motives are are driven by selfish ambitions and not driven by the Spirit of God. That could sound scary in some sense, like if there's so much false teaching, how do I know I could be led astray? Am I being led astray? I could fear not. I could fear not. The Lord has equipped us to discern and to expose deceitful ways. He's equipped us. He's given us this precious gift. And we're called to, to test the spirits and, and, and hold them to the light of God's truth. Therefore, let us immerse ourselves in the truth. Immerse ourselves in, in God's word. As the psalmist says, it's, it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So we may recognize the the counterfeit teachings that attempt to infiltrate our thoughts, try to infiltrate into the church, infiltrate our minds. So we have the scriptures. This ability to discern is, is such a precious gift that has been given to us by our Lord. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit who is dwelling within us that we can distinguish truth from falsehood. 
Spurgeon proclaimed, he said once, discernment is not a matter of simply telling the difference between right and wrong. Rather, it is telling the difference between right and almost right. And 99% truth and 1% error is called heresy. So let us cultivate a, a discerning spirit through the fervent prayer, through studying of the word, through humbling ourselves for the Lord, and in, in humbling ourselves in the reliance upon the guidance of the spirit. So with this gift, the Holy Spirit, we're called to, to not only test the spirits, but to expose the works of the darkness. As Paul, Paul he says in Ephesians 5.11, he says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Expose them. We are to be courageous defenders, the church militant. Courageous defenders of the faith. And shining a light using the truth upon the deceptive schemes of the world, of the false prophets, the false teachers. Spurgeon also said once, and I, I agree with him, he says, to remain silent in the face of error is to deny the truth. Christianity is a, is a vocal religion. It's a true religion. True religion is a vocal religion. Call out the false teachings. Proclaim the truth. Call out the false teachings simply by proclaiming the truth. And proclaiming the true gospel of Christ. So in that, uh, let us boldly proclaim this truth. Always. In and out of season. Being ambassadors of the king's message. Exposing the lies that seek to, to dilute its power and to, to captivate the hearts of the vulnerable, the un, unsuspected. There's this great calling here. So thinking on how back in chapter 2, of 1 John where he's writing, he's saying, I write to you little children because your sins have been forgiven. I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you children because you know the father. And he repeats. And he says, I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. He omits their that repetition, speaking of children, where he first says, I write to you children because you know the Father. Right? It's great. This is a list of, of, of all different people types within the church, all saved, different levels of maturity. But he doesn't repeat when he says, I write to you children because you know the Father. It's this silent exhortation. To, to move past that. Come into the stage of being a young man who, are, who is strong, who, who the word abides in, who has overcome the evil one. 
I say all to say is, let us not be passive observers, but be active participants in the battle for truth. The children are, are the passive observers. The young men, the fathers, are the ones who are actively in the battle. It's this call here to, to, to get into the battle. The discernment that is granted by the Holy Spirit, and a firm foundation of God's word, we are equipped. We are equipped to, to safeguard ourselves, safeguard our fellow brothers and sisters against the deceptions of false teaching. So in this way, we, we honor God, uh, preserving the purity of the gospel, and in being prepared vessels to proclaim the glorious light of the truth. And he's given us this gift. Through his Holy Spirit, the atoning work of Christ on the cross. So that's the true spirit. He continues on here, John, and in, in he's speaking of the true confession here in verse 2 and 3. It says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. So this confession of, of Christ, has, that he has come in the flesh, is not, is not a mere minute concept. It is a fundamental truth that lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It affirms the reality of the incarnation. Remember, John, he was, he was facing these false teachers, these Gnostic ideologies that were saying that Jesus didn't actually come in the flesh. He was just a spirit. You couldn't even touch him. He hit that right off the beginning of, of his letter, saying that, that they, were, they were there, they seen him presently, they touched him. So he's focusing on on that false teaching here as he's writing to the church of Asia Minor and he's writing to us today. And so, here, that, that confession of, of Christ, of coming in the flesh, his incarnation, right, it affirms the reality of it, where the eternal Son of God took on human flesh, truly God, truly man, this confession acknowledges the divine purpose and plan of God to reconcile humanity to himself through the person and the work of Christ Jesus. The Spirit of God who, who dwells within believers testifies to this truth. As the Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, No one can say that Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. It is by the work of the Holy Spirit that we are able to confess Truly, Jesus as Lord. Now, someone can simply utter it, but to truly confess it, to live it out, to live out that confession. Recognizing our need for a Savior, recognizing His, his salvific mission, His Lordship, His kingship, His priesthood. Contrary to this, any spirit that does not confess Jesus as the incarnate Son of God does not originate from God. 
Such spirits align themselves with the spirit of the Antichrist, John says, which seeks to oppose, seeks to undermine the truth of Christ. Any religion, any denomination that looks to, to dilute Christ is a false religion, it's a false denomination. The spirit of, of deception is so prevalent in the world today. Spreading false teachings, leading people away from the genuine confession of Christ. As believers, we understand the significance of confessing Jesus Christ as the incarnate Son of God. It is through this confession that we affirm our faith in the person and the works of Christ and his deity acknowledging him as the only the one and only mediator between God and man so our confession reflects the the biblical truth that there is salvation in no one else no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved salvation is in Christ in Christ alone He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So this confession is is in line with the biblical understanding of the authority and the sufficiency of the Holy Scriptures. Our confessions are, are to be rooted in the revealed Word of God. As the Apostle Paul declares, all Scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. The scriptures bear witness to the incarnation of Christ. And our confession aligns with its truth. So in light of this, what are we to do? This is calling to hold fast. To stand firm in the confession of Jesus Christ as the incarnate Son of God. And it is through this confession that we are identified as followers of Christ and and identified as recipients of God's grace. Charles Hodge once said, he said, The confession of Jesus as the incarnate Son of God is essential to the Christian faith. It is through his incarnation that God's love and grace are fully revealed to us. He says, let us hold fast to this confession and make it known to the world. Church. Let us embrace that profound truth. Let us confess with conviction and confess with clarity that Christ Jesus has come in the flesh and and stand firm on all that his name entails, affirming his deity, his his, his humanity, his redemptive work, his ascension and glorification, his kingship, his priesthood, his imminent return. And may our confessions be grounded in the authority of the scriptures. And so therefore empowered by the Holy Spirit. The true spirit, the true confession. In verse 4 here, John gives us this glorious true hope. He says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. Speaking of the false prophets. 
For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Again, these words, though simple, they carry profound weight. And they offer encouragement to all who read and all who embrace them. John, in addressing his beloved brethren as little children, offers this reminder to us of our, our, our status as children of God, born anew by his grace, united with Christ. So as children of God, we have a remarkable identity that is rooted in Christ and Christ alone. We're no longer defined by the world, but defined by our relationship with the Father. John, he boldly proclaims that we are from God. He says we are from God. He uses that six times in this six-verse passage. He says, from God. This is our divine origin. Our, our spiritual heritage that has been purchased as we have been adopted as heirs to the promise through Christ. We've been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So our identity is anchored in God himself, the imperishable. And this truth empowers us to live in the light as he is in the light. Empowers us to, to have a spirit, not of fear, but of love. Spirit of Power, spirit of sound mind. Why? Because Christ is king. He's the king of kings. Our eternal victory is kept in heaven through his defeat over sin and death. The apostle here, he, he assures us that we have overcome the opposition that stands against us, not by our own merit, Right? Our victory does not rest on our own strength, does not rest on our own ability, but solely in the victory of our Lord at Calvary. The effect of that victory has then been accredited to all those, all those who have faith in Christ, in Christ alone. And so therefore being indwelled by the Holy Spirit who dwells eternally in you as the helper, the sanctifier, the guarantor of salvation, John here, he declares, look at this in verse 4. He declares, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. It is God himself, the Holy Spirit who resides within us, empowering us to overcome the forces of darkness, evil, to recognize false teaching. As Christians, we, we understand that this, this victory rests solely in the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. Solely. And through his death and his resurrection, Christ has conquered sin, death, and conquered the powers of this world. As the Apostle Paul affirms to the Corinthians, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory that, that possesses not a temporal, 
nor a partial triumph. It is a certain, a sure, a decisive and complete victory. Through Christ, we've overcome the power of sin, the temptations of the world, the schemes of the enemy. Our victory is not contingent upon our own strength. It's not contingent upon our own righteousness, but upon the finished work of Christ on the cross on our behalf. And this truth, this truth should, should embolden us in our daily walk to pick up our cross daily, follow him. It should infuse us with, with courage and perseverance, knowing that we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors through him who loves us. We need not to fear the challenges that come our way, the trials, the oppositions that we face in this world. But the one who dwells within us, John says, he is greater. He's the greatest. So we can hold fast to this, this true hope. This true hope. And draw strength from the knowledge that we are children of God. Born of his spirit. Empowered by his presence within us. If you believe, if you believe in Christ's atoning work on the cross, if you believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, if you believe in his, his atonement that he stood in your place, took upon himself the punishment that you owe, you have overcome because he has overcome. If you are in Christ, you are more than conquerors. Therefore, in that, let us walk with confidence in the victory of Christ, living faithfully and boldly as children of the Most High God. Let's walk in the fullness of our identity as children of God, boldly proclaiming the victorious message of our King, proclaiming the true confession of the true hope. The true spirit, the true confession, the true hope. Uh, this last one here, as, as we're here starting to approach the, the pinnacle of, of our fellowship and worship today, and that of the Lord's Supper. May these last two verses of our test kind of, kind of prepare our hearts for that. John here, he says in verse 5, he says, They are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. These verses encapsulate the profound truth that remains relevant for all of us today. The world is characterized by its own values, its own principles, its own perspectives. And those who are from the world speak from the world, embracing ideas and beliefs that align with its ways. These words, their words carry influence, negative influence, as the world just readily listens to them. 
the prevailing culture today, society, often lends their ears to the voices that echo their own desires and aspirations. However, we who are in Christ, those who are in Christ, are not, not of this world. They're not of this world. We're from God. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Our allegiance lies with the king. As followers of Christ, our, our message and worldview differ drastically from the world. We speak from the truth of God's word, being guided by the Holy Spirit. Our words, rooted in divine revelation, carry the power and the authority of the gospel, carry the power and authority of the message, the message from the king. So the distinguishing marks of those who who know God is that they listen to the message proclaimed by the Holy Scriptures. They recognize the authority of God's word and the teachings of those who faithfully expound it. It is through the proclamation of God's truth that souls are transformed and the kingdom of God grows like a mustard tree. The contrast Those who are not from God do not listen to the message of truth. Their ears are closed, their hearts are hardened. They reject the teachings of the Holy Scripture. They're guided by the spirit of error. They seek to distort, to deceive, to lead themselves and others astray from the truth of the gospel. So what are we to do? We hold fast. We hold fast to the authority of God's word. We recognize the significance of sound doctrine and the role of faithful teachers in guiding us in the truth. We understand the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit illuminates our minds and hearts to understand, to embrace God's word. I think Stephen Lawson said it better than I can. He says this, God's word alone is sufficient to accomplish God's purpose. It is sufficient to reveal the truth about God, to expose the sinfulness of man, to offer the way of salvation through Christ, and to equip believers for every good work. It is the final authority, the supreme standard, and the unchanging truth by which we measure all things. The sufficiency of Scripture is not a mere doctrine to be debated, but a vital truth to be embraced, treasured, and proclaimed in every generation. So we have these four truths here that John is, is highlighting to us. The true spirit, the true confession, the true hope, the true contrast, the true spirit, the Holy Spirit, as well as within us as believers, empowering us to live lives that are in accordance to his will, 
pleasing to God, honoring God. It is through the presence of the Spirit that we are sanctified, that we are transformed, that we are equipped to bear the fruit of righteousness. So therefore, may we continue to yield in His leading and surrender our lives to to His work in us daily, not quenching the Spirit. The true confession, more than mere words spoken, much, much more, is the heart-changed acknowledgement of Christ Jesus as the incarnate Son of God, our Lord and Savior. And may this confession be evident in the way we speak, in our actions, our thoughts, the way we live our lives before a a dark and fallen world. The true hope. The true hope that is found only in Christ alone. In the midst of trials, challenges, uncertainties, we have an unwavering hope. We have an unwavering hope that that anchors our souls. Our hope is not based on fleeting circumstances or or human accomplishments but is on the sure and steadfast promise of God. So let us hold fast to this hope knowing that God is faithful and he will fulfill his every word, every promise. Lastly, the true contrast. It's the undeniable mark. Undeniable mark of a life transformed by the power of the gospel. So as children of the light, we are called to walk in in righteousness and love, in purity, shining as, as beacons of God's truth in a dark and broken world. Our lives should stand in stark contrast to the patterns of the world, displaying the beauty and the holiness of our Lord. So as we prepare to take communion, as we, as we leave this place today, may we go forth as people filled with the true spirit, reassured by the, the true confession and anchored in the true hope, living out the true contrast. Let us be the light that, that pierces the darkness the salt that brings flavor to the tasteless and the vessels through which God uses to display his, his love and his truth. His vessels to, to, to pour out the glorious gospel message of our Lord and Savior. So let's have that on our, our, our minds this morning as we partake in communion in as we approach the Lord's Supper with joy and knowing what our Lord has done and knowing the promise that He has made, that He is going to return, He's going to gather us all together. We get to share in His glorious presence for all of eternity. 
So let's reflect on this, on this, this true spirit, the true confession, the true hope, and the true contrast this morning. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your spirit who guides us. Thank you for him who has changed our hearts to be able to make the true confession that Jesus is Lord. Father, we thank you for the hope that lies, the hope that is without uncertainty, that lies only solely in your son Jesus and the atoning work of him on the cross. Father, help us to stand in contrast to the world as beacons of light. Father, use us as vessels to, to bring about your glorious message. Father, I pray this morning as we approach the Lord's Supper that we do so joyfully and knowing that it is finished on the cross. Father, I pray that you bless these elements, set them aside for a holy use, and that we partake in them in such a manner. Father, I pray all this in Christ's precious name. Amen.